Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? For today's video, I'm going to be starting a little mini series. I'm going to be going through every NFL division and I'm just going to be breaking down all the fantasy relevant players on each team. So this way I basically talk about every player that's going to be in your lineups this year. And so these may not all be consecutive videos, but I'll probably do every division within the next two weeks. And so we're going to start off with the AFC East. So that's going to be Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. If you guys watch this video and enjoy the content, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. That really helps support the channel. And also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. I'll make sure to get back to you. But let's start it off with the division winning Buffalo Bills. And the first player I talk about has to be Josh Allen, who absolutely broke out in 2020. He finished as the number three quarterback in points per game and number one in total points. He passed for 4,544 yards and 37 touchdowns, and then also ran for 421 yards and eight touchdowns. I'm going to talk about this a lot, but in your quarterbacks, you want to have that passing and rushing upside, and Josh Allen definitely has that. And so he's currently my number three quarterback for the 2021 season. And he also has a ton of great weapons around him. You have Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and Gabriel Davis. His number one, Stephon Diggs, exploded along with Josh Allen in 2020. He finished number three in points per game and total points amongst all receivers. And he's my number two wide receiver going into 2021, just behind Tyreek Hill. He led the NFL in targets, receptions, and receiving yards in 2020, and I expect him to finish up there again in 2021. Another Bills receiver that I'm going to be targeting this year is going to be Cole Beasley. I think he's definitely a late round must buy. He's currently going as the wide receiver 54, despite finishing as wide receiver 32 in points per game and wide receiver 26 in total points. There's really no reason for him to be going that low, and I think he's a great value there. Moving on to the Bills running backs, the run game was basically non-existent for the Bills outside of Josh Allen producing. Devin Singletary was fairly efficient when he was given the ball. He ran for 687 yards on 156 carries, and he also was decently involved in the passing game, 38 receptions for 269 yards. However, Singletary only scored two touchdowns, which is just not going to cut it, especially when you're playing in all 16 games. I do like Singletary as a late round running back pick. He's currently going at running back 48, which I just think is criminally low for a guy who has a chance to be the starter. I don't really love Singletary all that much as a player, but I mean this late, he's got to be a value. And he's going almost 50 picks after Zach Moss, which is just crazy. I don't really understand why everyone is so optimistic about Zach Moss. He was outtouched and outproduced by Devin Singletary in the run and pass game. Moss did score more touchdowns, but it wasn't a big enough difference to make him more fantasy relevant than Devin Singletary, in my opinion. At the tight end position, I don't really think there's much here for the Bills. They have Dawson Knox, but I don't think he's fantasy relevant. He hasn't proven that he can be a startable option for fantasy, and I just don't see him getting enough receiving work to break into your starting lineups, especially when you're competing with all these other weapons that the Bills have in the wide receiver room. All right, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. Got to start off at quarterback. And Tua did struggle in 2020. It was definitely a disappointing year. He seemed hesitant to really push the ball down the field, and he had to deal with like a revolving door at the quarterback position. He would start a game, he'd struggle, and then they'd put in Fitzpatrick. It was this weird mix 
where the Dolphins were trying to contend while also trying to get their rookie to us some reps. So it was just a very weird situation. I can't really remember something like this where you basically have Tua starting and then if he plays bad, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in as like a reliever. Very strange situation, but 2021 is a blank slate and Tua is going to be the clear-cut number one quarterback there. Ryan Fitzpatrick now with the Washington football team. And so he really now has an opportunity to show out with some much improved weapons. And I do think that Tua can find success in the NFL. I think a lot of the Tua criticism is coming from Herbert and Burrow just being so successful in their rookie years. I mean, Herbert and Burrow really overachieved rookie expectations. And so it makes Tua's 2020 season look worse than it actually was. The Dolphins went out in free agency and added Will Fuller. And then the NFL draft, they picked Jalen Waddell at their number six slot. And so for Will Fuller, I don't really love the fit here because he is a true deep threat. He had the highest yards per target of any NFL receiver last year. And I don't think that style matches up with Tua. Like I mentioned earlier, Tua really struggled to push the ball down the field. And so it could have been a lack of deep weapons, but we don't really know yet. So there's a lot of uncertainty there with Will Fuller. But on the other hand, I think this is a great fit for Jalen Waddell, who's just a pure playmaker. I think Tua will be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly and will really allow Waddle to be a yak monster. I think if you get Waddle five to eight receptions a game, he's going to be able to make some big plays out of those touches. And he's definitely a player that I would consider late in the draft. I'm not sure if he's going to fall that far just because, you know, people really like the shiny rookie wide receivers, especially since rookie wide receivers have been performing really well recently. But we'll see if he falls to the late rounds. I'm definitely going to consider him there. This offseason was pretty brutal for the now Dolphins number three wide receiver, Devontae Parker, who I don't really think is a realistic fantasy play now on this Dolphins team. He's going to be operating as the number three on an offense that's really unproven. I think they're going to be improved from last year, but I don't think it's going to be one of these offenses like the Bengals that can support three fantasy relevant wide receivers. And so Devontae Parker, it's not looking too hot for him. Moving on to the running back position, you have Miles Gaskin, who really had about as good of an offseason as he could have had. The Dolphins didn't go out and sign a big name running back free agent, and they didn't take a top draft pick at the running back position. And so that is huge for Miles Gaskin. I think almost everyone thought that they were going to bring someone pretty solid in to compete with him, but the only competition they brought in was Malcolm Brown, who I think is basically just a pretty firm backup who might get some of those off carries to give Gaskin some rest. But so right now, Miles Gaskin is definitely one of my favorite mid-round running back targets. He's currently going off the board in the early fifth round, and I would confidently take him there as my third running back. I feel really solid with that because when Gaskin was on the field in 2020, he was number 11 in points per game for running backs, and he really saw a lot of upside in the receiving game. In just 10 games, Gaskin caught 41 receptions for 388 yards, And he wasn't even the starter for most of those games. So that's obviously very impressive. And he's a young player. So I think he can continue to build on that if he's given those workhorse reps. At the tight end position, you have Gasecki, who's likely a low end tight end one option. He's not really a guy I'm going to be out there targeting because I think he's kind of in this middle spot where he's produced enough that his ADP isn't going to be super late in drafts but I don't really think he has a realistic shot at being like a true top tier tight end. I don't see him breaking into that top five, top four. I know he finished top six last year in points per game, but now you have guys like Kyle Pitts in there and I don't see him finishing ahead of that range from Kelsey 
to the Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and TJ Hawkinson. I think all those guys are going to be pretty firmly ahead of him this year. All right, let's move on to the New England Patriots, who currently have a fair amount of uncertainty at the QB position. You have two guys who are basically complete opposites competing for the starting job. You have Cam Newton, who's a mobile quarterback, who really has not been so hot in the passing game as of late. And then you have Mac Jones, who's just a pure pocket passer. And last year, despite playing with arguably the worst receiver core in the NFL, Cam Newton was pretty solid coming in at QB 19 in points per game, and that was with him being pulled towards the end of games for Jared Stidham. So Newton finishing at number 19 with all of that going on is pretty impressive and honestly surprising to me. And so with the improved weapons, I would honestly be surprised if he didn't finish as a top 15 quarterback, maybe even higher than that for as many games as he starts. The issue here with drafting Cam Newton is there's not really any guarantee that he's going to have the job for the whole season. You know, he could struggle for a couple weeks and the Patriots are going to be in a win now mode. They might just throw Mac Jones in there to see what they have. And so with all that uncertainty, I really wouldn't recommend taking any of these Patriots wide receivers or tight ends to go along with the uncertainty at quarterback. There's really no clear outline of what this offense is going to look like. I can't remember the last time a team basically brought in four of their top five weapons in one free agency, and that's exactly what the Patriots did, bringing in Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar. Those are probably going to be four of their top five, if not the top four weapons on their team. A player I do like on this Patriots offense is Damian Harris who I think is going to get the majority of the running back carries this year. However, if Newton is the quarterback, I definitely think his ceiling is capped just because Newton takes a lot of those red zone carries, which leaves Damian Harris not a ton of work in the end zone. And he's not a guy that's going to catch a lot of passes. So he basically just becomes reliant on rush yards and touchdowns. However, if Mac Jones takes over, I think Damian Harris is going to be a very, very valuable running back. All right, now we have the last team I'm going to talk about, the New York Jets. And I honestly think this is going to be an offense that I'm basically totally avoiding in 2021. I do think they've made some good moves and are definitely going to be improved from last year, but I still think they're a couple years away from being a pretty efficient offense. I don't really see Zach Wilson playing at a fantasy relevant level as a rookie. I think he definitely could later in his career, but just not right now. And then on top of that, I think the Jets have a lot of very solid receivers, but I don't think they have those one or two elite guys that are really going to be solid for fantasy. I think the only receiver I'd potentially target is Elijah Moore, just because we don't really know what he is yet. He could be an absolute beast and could become the number one. But other than that, you have guys like Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, who I could all see ending up becoming like 650 yard receiving guys, which is obviously not something you're going to want in your fantasy lineup. They don't really have anything relevant at the tight end position. Nothing really there. The Jets backfield is wide open right now. You've got Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, LaMichael Pirine, and Ty Johnson. But I don't really think anyone knows who has the kind of the best shot at being a fantasy startable running back out of that group. So I think I'm going to avoid that committee. Not only is there a lot of uncertainty there, but even if a guy does kind of break out and get you know 10 to 15 carries a game in that backfield, are they really going to be that productive? I feel like the best thing you're getting out of that is maybe a higher end RB3. So if I'm taking like a 25% shot at a guy's upside being a running back three, that's just not something I want to take a shot at. 
All right, that is going to wrap up my AFC East fantasy breakdown. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Again, if you guys enjoyed the video, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. And also let me know your thoughts down below. I'll get back to you. So stay tuned for the rest of the divisions. They'll be coming out within the next two weeks. Thank you guys again. I'll see you guys tomorrow.